Hello, Lauren. How Hello, are we? And good afternoon, Babs. How are you getting on? I am good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited because this is our last episode in the series. Oh, I'm very sad about that, though. Don't be sad. Don't be sad. Because what it means is a nice break to go away and think up some amazing new episodes for our next season when we come back next year. And get even more special guests on for next season as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for our big last episode of the season, what are we talking about today? We're talking about our favourite topic ever, which is trademarks. Do you know what actually is my favourite topic ever? I'm such a geek. Um, And I actually think it helps business owners loads. So it's a good one. Yeah, it's one of those kind of topics that we always talk about on our social media and one that we help loads of businesses with as well. So very close to our hearts here, Jameson Law. Absolutely. Um, So I take it you have a bunch of questions for me. I have loads of questions so (laughs) I'll just start off with number one what is trademarking right do you know what sounds like a basic question actually so important um because I have loads of people who come on and they say I want to copyright my business name or um I need I need trademarks for my business idea or whatever and I'm not sure it's actually altogether clear what trademarking is trademark there's lots of different IP rights Copyright protects what you create, a patent protects your inventions, you can protect designs. What a trademark protects is your branding, okay? So it's like images or words that are part of your branding. So you want to think like business name, product name, service name, your logo, um, like like a cartoon man that's associated with your business, that kind of thing. You are not protecting ideas, you're not protecting processes and procedures, nothing like that. So sometimes people say to me, oh, I want to protect the blah, blah, blah framework. You can you can protect the words framework. So the legal leverage framework like we have, you can protect those words, but you can't protect what's in the framework itself. That is copyright. It's not registrable. We've spoken about it before. Um, trademarks, you actually go through a registration process Um, And you look to register wherever you're active, really. um, And it's protection of your words or images. Does that cover, like, somebody's logo that, like, includes colours? Would colours be covered in a trademark? Yeah. Now, if you... That's a really good question, because if you have... Really weird answer. But if you have a logo that you might use in different colours you should register it as a black and white version. Reason being, if you register it as a black and white version, you're then protected whenever you use it in a coloured format. However, if you have your logo in blue and you only protect it in blue, you're not protected if you use it in pink. So if you're using it in multiple colours, register it as a black and white. If you will only use it in that colour, then register it in that colour. And if you register it in that colour, can you use it in black and white? No. Oh, okay. well, you, so can, you can, but you wouldn't be protected. Oh, okay, so yeah. you would be better off just to trademark it in black and white. Yeah. To be honest, that's going to give you the most flexibility. Yeah. What is the actual point of trademarking your business name and your branding? So if you're protecting your business, you're looking to grow and scale your business. And I heard somebody say before that if you're growing and scaling your business without trademarking it, you are essentially, it's like building property on rented land so essentially it means that you never actually fully own what you are creating so 
Jameson Law, for instance, those words are trademarked. They're trademarked in the legal services category and some other categories. That means that I am protected. I am the exclusive owner or our business is the exclusive owner of Jameson Law. So no one else can come along in the territories we're registered in, which is the UK. No one else can come along and use those words um, or use something that is similar to those words in our industry. Now, if someone wants to call themselves Jameson Law and sell bananas, that wouldn't be a problem. That is a totally different class of goods and services. But in our industry, we have the monopoly over using the words Jameson Law. So you mentioned earlier that um, you trademark Jameson Law. Does that mean that you own the trademark or does that mean the business owns the trademark? Like who owns the trademark once it's trademarked? Whoever you've registered it as being the owner. So yeah, I said me, but that's so wrong. Um, it's actually Jameson Law Limited that owns the Jameson Law trademark. Um, I would always suggest if you have a limited company, have the trademark be owned by the limited company. Reason being, if you're trying to sell at some point down the line or if you want investment in your business, whoever you're speaking to, whether it's your investor or your buyer, they'll want to know that your company owns that. There's no point in them paying a ton of money for Mm -hmm. something that you own and then you're going to walk away or no longer be involved with the business then then the company doesn't own it so the the company needs to own it okay um if you're a sole trader it doesn't really matter like you you're running as a self-employed person anyway so you should just own the trademark yourself Mm -hmm. and does the trademark cover you in multiple countries or do you just trademark in specific countries like what is the process It doesn't cover you in multiple countries. It covers you for the territories that you register in. So the most common trademarks that we deal with are obviously UK ones. Um, Most of our clients would be UK clients um, or Irish clients who are looking to operate in the UK. So I'll always say to them, make sure you buy up the UK trademarks first because that's where you're operating. It's where the majority of your business is. Now, There are other territories, other jurisdictions that you can register in. You can register an Irish trademark. Um, If you are looking to register an Irish trademark, but you're active in the rest of the EU, I wouldn't recommend that you just register an Irish trademark. You should probably register an EU-wide one. That's going to cover all your European countries except the UK. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's a more expensive trademark, but it, it covers you in literally all the EU countries. You can also look to get registered in the US, um, a bit of a longer process, but it covers you federally. So it covers you in all the 50 states and then you can you can register further afield. There's something known as the Madrid Protocol, which is like an easier way to allow business owners to register a trademark in multiple countries. It's not a worldwide trademark and the more countries you pick, the more expensive it is. But it is a simpler process if you are active in a few countries. Um, we actually got an email recently from somebody saying that they wanted to start selling a product in China and they wanted mm-hmm. to trademark in China. What would you think about that? Well, first of all, I'd say if you're trademarking in China, you should probably go and speak to a Chinese solicitor. Um, it's one of those jurisdictions where it's really complicated um, and can be a little bit corrupt. So um, I would definitely go and speak to a local um, legal advisor there. I never really recommend registering a trademark in China. Um, Now, I'm not a Chinese attorney, so please don't take this as gospel. But trademarks can go into the Chinese registration system and they can sit there for five, six years. 
and nothing happens. Um, and they can just kind of keep asking you for money to keep progressing it along. Now, even if you do get your Chinese registered trademark, how many times have you seen pictures of like markets in China and they're selling like knockoff Gucci bags and things like that? I mean, I would also argue like, is it actually worth it? And then if you find out somebody's breached your trademark, are you actually going to be able to enforce it? Um, you know, if you're a small business and money's tight and you're looking where to allocate funds, the first place I put them wouldn't be a Chinese trademark. Okay. And how much is the trademark process? Like in general, is it just the same overall or is countries different? All countries are different. So if you get a solicitor to help you, they are, they'll have their own fees on top of what I'm about to tell you. Um, but UK filing fees are normally between kind of two to three fifty. Um, it depends on the that's that's hundreds by the way, um, but it depends on the number of classes that you register in, so the number of goods and services that you list on your application. Um, the EU is normally kind of eight fifty to a thousand euro, and the US can be anywhere from kind of three fifty dollars to like a thousand dollars. Um, Ireland is a little bit different if you're doing just an Irish trademark it's 77 euros per class um, and then when it's fully registered you have to pay another 177 actually quite a nice way to do it because it means that if it doesn't go through you've only kind of lost like 70 quid or whatever how do you find out your your classes and how do you know what like if you sell like you said earlier bananas but you also sell books like can you can you register one class has has be multiple classes you should cover the classes for what you're doing right now and what you think you'll be doing for the foreseeable future so it's, it's really important that you take legal advice on this if you're not sure um, if you look up the WIPO website so the World Intellectual Property website that gives you the 45 trademark classes now they are applicable the world over so every single country will use those same classes and that's to ensure consistency um, but it's really important that A, you cover everything that you actually need so that you're getting the protection that you need um, and that you properly describe the goods and services that you're carrying out and that you're providing to people so that it's very, very clear to the intellectual property office what you're actually doing. And it means if someone infringes your trademark at some point down the line, you can very clearly say, this is the products and services that were covered by this um, and you're infringing on this by doing X, Y and Z. Just talking about infringing, what like what do you what do people do if someone infringes on their trademark? So the first thing, well, I say the first thing. The first what I was going to say was the first thing is a cease and desist letter. But actually, there's a stage before that which is if you think the person might have done it accidentally, um, or it's all a bit innocent, um, or you have like a prior relationship with them or something like that. I would consider just reaching out to them directly and, and trying to kind of reach a middle ground. If that doesn't work or if that's not appropriate in the situation, then you should get a cease and desist letter drafted for you. Um, ideally, you'd get a solicitor to do that. And you're basically asking someone to cease and desist from activities that they're doing that are breaching your trademark. So that's if they're trading off the same name as you or trading off something that is so similar in your industry that it would cause confusion to the average consumer. Um, so that that letter you would send, you would hopefully get a response back. Ideally, in a perfect world, there's a bit of negotiation. You decide to go your way, we decide to go our way, it's all happy. 
Um, or if it's a really bad infringement, you know, the infringing party just says, okay, we'll stop. We were basically chancing our arm. Won't happen in all cases. And it might get to the stage where you have to decide, do I bring legal action here or do I just leave it? Legal action is obviously expensive, but your trademark is a really important part of your business and it's your job to protect it. So it's really about weighing up the options depending on the circumstances. And what if they just point blank refuse to stop? Like, what if they have grounds for, like, I was using this before you were you were trademarked? Like, That's um, when you would bring legal action. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And is there anything that would go wrong in a business if the name or the branding isn't trademarked? Like, say, down the line? Yeah. Like, yeah. So there's a few things. So if you think about getting your business investor ready or attracting buyers, as I said previously, they're not going to be remotely interested in paying for anything if you don't actually own the branding that you're selling. Um, everything's trademarks kind of wishy-washy until they hear from an investor or a buyer, oh, you've not got a trademark. All right, well, the price of the business just went down 100 grand. Um, that's significant when your trademark would have cost you a couple hundred quid. Um, the other thing that you really just want to think about is if you don't have your trademark registered, what are you going to do if somebody comes along and starts trading with a similar name? You might say, oh yeah, we were around here first, but then you're relying on a claim, what's called passing off. And that's a much more difficult claim. If you have a registered trademark, it's cut and dry. You have the registered trademark, everyone else can bugger off. Um, It's not the same with a passing off claim. You have to show that you used it before them and that they would have known that they were infringing, etc. So it's a lot harder to prove. That's why it makes it really, really important that, that you buy your trademark. Um, the other thing is, what if somebody else comes along five years after you, sets up a business, registers their trademark, and then forces you to change your name? Because that can happen as well. All that time and effort gone into your business and it's gone just because yeah. you haven't spent a couple of hundred quid trademarking it? Yeah, it's madness. Yeah. It's madness. Is it is it better for those who want to trademark their business to reach out to a solicitor to help them with it? And what's the process yeah. for like doing it yourself? Absolutely. Um, so for the UK process, business owners can do it themselves. Now, that's the only one I would ever say you can do it yourself. Now, the reason you would do it yourself is to keep your costs down, obviously. It will take time um, and there are areas that you could miss. Um, so if you're really bootstrapping and trying to keep your costs low, at least speak to a solicitor for like a free consultation and get a steer on where to go and what you're meant to be doing. An EU trademark, you, you'll you be able to file it yourself, but they will ask you during the process for your EU representative. So to be honest, you may as well appoint someone from the beginning. Um, and the US is the same. They'll come back to you and say, who is your US attorney of record? And if you say, I don't know, <laughs> we're going to have a bit of a problem. I'd also say that the US process is really complicated. Um, the UK one is nice and easy. It's literally like your your government gateway tab through. Like It's super simple. The EU one is a little more complex, but it is fine. Um, US is an absolute bomb scare. Why is it so diff- different in the US? Everything in the US is a bomb scare. Like <laughs> every time I've filled in forms for there, I'm always so confused. Um, they just do things differently. It's more. It's a little bit more formal. There's more requirements that you have to comply with. Also, the registration process in the US is so much longer as well. Like you know, you file your application for a trademark in the US, 
and they get back to you five months later. So it just sits in a queue mm. um, for five months. After that five months, they might come back with an office action letter, which puts the fear of God into people because they think someone's bringing action against me. But it's really just like hearing back from the intellectual property office. Um, even if you move as quickly as possible in response to that, your full trademark is going to take a year still to register. Um, UK is like three to four months and it's really a lot more straightforward. I just want to mention this. I'm not sure if it makes any sense in relation to trademarks, but what is a genuine use of a trademark? So when you register a trademark, you, you don't have to show it in the UK process, but you do have to show it in the US process. You have to show that you are using the trademark and you have to be using it in commerce. So you couldn't like use the tra- like I couldn't use this Jameson Law logo to like put on my t-shirt and wait around and get trademark protection for that. Okay. I would have to use it as a business. Um so you could register your trademark like on day 1 and then 10 years later it expires, right? So you might then file a renewal, that's what most people will do. But then that could be challenged because you're not genuinely using the trademark. So if someone else out there wants to use that name and knows full well that you're not actually using it, you're just like trademark squatting, they can essentially bring an action um, and file a form with the local intellectual property office, whether it's UK, US, whatever, and just state that you know they think it's unfair that you own it because you're not actually using it and they would like to use it. So basically, if you have your banana business... You're trademarked and your bananas, you're, if you, yep. and then you end up not selling bananas. Basically, someone else can call you out on it and say Absolutely. that. Okay. Yeah. That actually brings me to a trademark battle that I would like to discuss. Can I just read you Ooh. just a headline that I've grabbed and you just tell me your stance on it? Yeah, of course. I'll give it a go. Okay. So it's from one of the biggest companies in the world and a small Irish um, fast food chain. There was a bit of a battle going on. I think it was in 2019. Not 100% sure, but it was recent anyway. So I'm not sure if you've heard of the fast food chain Supermax. Of course I have. I live in Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) So they actually won their their legal battle against McDonald's over the use of their trademark, which was Big Mac. Okay. So I'll just read this out to you now. The Galway-based firm persuaded the EU IPO to cancel McDonald's's use of the Big Mac um, to open up the um, the way for Supermac to expand their, their business across Britain and Europe. So the EU IPO ruled that McDonald's had not proven genuine use of Big Mac, yep. which was trademarked in 1996 as a burger or a restaurant name. Mm-hmm. I think Supermax have some products on their menu, maybe with Mac in it, obviously because their name. But um, Supermax said that it had won a David versus Goliath battle against trademark bullying by a powerful multinational. So what do you think? So hard to say without knowing what evidence McDonald's put forward. But essentially, if that was in 1996, probably what's happened is they've tried to renew it 10 years later and Supermax have said, no, no, you don't actually use it. So Supermax would have to show that McDonald's really are not using the term Big Mac and McDonald's would have to show that they really are using the term Big Mac. Mm -hmm. Um, I find it really interesting that they found in favour of Supermax. Um, 
And that's why I'm saying it's hard to comment because there must be something. Yeah. There must be a flaw in one of their arguments or in McDonald's arguments. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, I don't know. I don't eat McDonald's. I don't know. Maybe if they've not used it recently, mm-hmm. maybe they don't use the term Big Mac anymore. Um, and that's why Supermax have managed to kind of knock it down. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe McDonald's where just renewing it in case they used it in the future but they've stopped mm-hmm. using it recently and Supermax are saying that's unfair yeah. it seems bizarre to me but it also says yeah. here that they trademarked the snack box which mm-hmm. is one of Supermax's most popular products even though the product isn't actually offered by them so I think that was McDonald's that maybe um, trademarked something that Supermax sells oh did they? Mm. that's cheeky that's yeah. very cheeky, but see what I mean. See what I mean when I say, if you don't trademark it, someone else will. Yep, yep. Yeah. And it says here the EU is basically saying use it or lose it. <laughs> yeah, they said that about another one recently as well. I, I love that use it or lose it. Yeah, um, I actually have another one here about Mariah Carey. Now this was in the Irish news, I think, a few months ago. Okay. So she launched her own cream liqueur in the US with the same name as an Irish spirit company called dark still spirit company Mm -hmm. um but dark still spirit company had their their trademark um in ireland and the eu while mariah mariah carey's is only trademarked in the u.s so like what is the issue is it the eu trademarks aren't the same as the u.s i remember this one and it's mariah carey being outrageous Um, (laughs) she's trademarked in the u.s and are the Irish company are trademarked in the EU and Ireland, so like there's no issue. And okay. um, as long as they're not selling into the US and as long as she's not selling into the EU, there's no issue. The problem is obviously coming because she wants to sell into the EU and into Ireland, and now she can't. So, I mean, no disrespect to Mariah Carey, but she's using those big pockets of hers and her, her love of spending money on legal mm-hmm. fees um, to fight something. You find this a lot. And it's the same as that comment with Supermax. It's trademark bullying. It's, I mean, we've had clients that have had to back down when it's not been fair, mm-hmm. but because they don't have the same money to spend on legals yeah. as, you know, the massive multinational corporation. So, like, in my opinion... Mariah Carey has just been outrageous there. Like she's got no basis for getting them to to um, revoke their trademark in the EU, especially if they're using it. Yeah, she's just been her diva self. <laughs> she is. She's nothing been but a diva. diva. <laughs> nothing but a diva. Well, I think that's everything that I want to ask you today. Is there anything that I've missed or that you would like to add? I don't think so. I think it's just like trying to really highlight and emphasize the importance of this to people like you've no idea how many people come to me saying oh my god this person is using my name and the first question I say is did you trademark it oh no it was on my list or oh no I didn't think it was a big deal like it's a couple hundred quid especially if it's just a UK trademark like please take this seriously please give your business name the respect that it deserves and protect it when we rebranded and changed to Jameson Law the next day we filed a trademark application mm-hmm. like and even that was probably a bit too late we probably should have done it beforehand um should you do it so early that you bankrupt your business no there's no point in that but it's a hundred percent a zero to six months job and if you're past that my god get trademarks on your to-do list yeah 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 
Definitely. Um, I just want to mention, guys, if you have any questions for season two, um, just email us over at legalleveragelaw at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. They're making me go on TikTok. <laughs> um, I think we've got a very exciting announcement, don't we, Lauren? I think we do. I we think do. we do. We do. We do. So um, not going to give it away. Um, because there are team members who may kill us if we do so. But we have a very exciting trademark um, piece of help and advice, I guess, that we are launching in the next few weeks. Um, it's going to help all small business owners. If you're interested in trademarking, you want to do it properly, but you don't necessarily want to spend money on legal fees doing it, we've got a kind of halfway house, a way that you can get all that information that you need Make sure you're getting really solid, bulletproof advice on how to trademark your business name or your logo or whatever you're wanting to trademark, but at a more kind of cost-effective DIY perspective. Perfect. So if anybody would like to come on season two, just pop us an email. (laughs) Otherwise, we will see you in January. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much, Bob. It's great to talk to you today about trademarks. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap, folks. Season one is complete. We hope you've enjoyed it and found it super, super useful. As ever, if you have any questions, please just send an email to legalleveragelaw at gmail.com. We'll be back in January with an entirely new season. So stay tuned and thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to hear more about the Legal Leverage Framework, and access some free resources, including free guides and trainings, pop over to our website, which is jamesonlaw.legal, and click on free resources. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Tune in to our next episode to learn more about how to grow and scale your business the right way.